Welcome back, listeners, to MicroKey On Air. Today, we focus on something that, as business owners, we hope and dream will be smooth, successful, and highly valuable the exit from our business. I am Meredith Stone, your ever-engaging and witty host. Joining us today, as always, the real brains behind this operation, MicroKey president and co-host with the most, Victoria Farrow. Hi again, Victoria. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful, Meredith. Thanks so much for asking. <laughs> We're glad to have you on here as always. Well, alert the monitoring station. It is time to dispatch the key feature of today's MicroKey On Air podcast. It's a special day. We have our first episode two of all time here. Uh, Mr. David J. Walters is joining us again for episode two of Planning for Success a high value exit plan. And we're going to turn it over to Victoria. Let's get this party started. Victoria. Thanks, Meredith. David is CEO of Steam Powered Consulting and an experienced entrepreneur and business owner. David, welcome back to MicroKey on Air. Our last podcast, we had so much information, so many nuggets that you shared with us that we had to have you come back for a second um, sitting so that we could cover <laughs> so that we can cover this next topic. But as a refresher for our listeners, you own Steam Powered Consulting. And you help business owners like myself and like our listeners and entrepreneurs optimize scalability, profitability, and valuation. So in this episode, part two, we're going to be focusing on the concept that many business owners dream about selling their businesses one day and living maybe not only a life of luxury, but living a comfortable life. But the grim reality is that's not easy. And no one wants to think that, you know, they're going to be still hitting the grind when they're 80 years old. And that the day that they stop going into work is the day that they draw their last breath. So David, you have some really good information that can help our listeners with this successful exit. Can you please explain a little bit to our listeners how you help your clients increase their odds of a higher value exit? Sure, sure. Um, well, the, the, first, the first thing is we need to face reality. Uh, and the reality is that small and medium businesses, 66% of them don't make it past the 10-year mark. So all those that close in the first 10 years, the vast majority, they, they close with a zero, the zero value exit. Of the 34% that remain, not all of those will make it to a sale. But let's just assume that they did. Assume that every business that's 10 years old or greater will eventually be offered for sale. Only 5% of those will actually close the deal. So when you, when you do the math, 98.35% of businesses, best case scenario, exit for a $0 value. And the reason is businesses don't get bought, they get sold. And what I mean by that is people don't just wander down the high street saying, hey, I think I'll go and buy myself a business today. If you want to sell, if you want your business to be bought by someone, you actually have to be very proactive and very careful and very deliberate in preparing and presenting your business for sale. And not only does that increase the odds of you actually closing the deal, which in, in average is one in 20, but it also means you get a much, much higher value for the business 
if you go through the process of optimizing your business for valuation, and I'm not talking about 10 or 20%, I'm talking 1100% difference in value. It's huge if you do the steps to prepare your business. That's a pretty bold statement, David. So can you can you kind of talk us through that? Sure. Let me let me give you an example. Let's say you had a small business. Well, let's go back. If you remember in the previous episode, I told you about the $10 trillion loss that we're going to face. Right. So that that that, that four and a half million businesses, the average value is two million. So let's use two million as our starting point. And let's say you're running your business at 15% profit, which is not bad for, for a typical business. So you have a profit of around about $300,000 in the business. If you have, if you then go to a business broker and said, hey, here's my business, this is what I've got, um, give me a valuation, they would look at you and say, okay, this is an owner-centric business, we will value them using what's called SDE tables. SDE is seller discretionary earnings. And for a, a business doing around about $300,000 a year of profit, the SDE multiplier will be three, nominally, plus or minus. So the business broker, so your business, uh, $2 million a year of annual recurring revenue, 15% margin, you, we would offer you, we would suggest you could sell for about $900,000. Now, that might be a shock to some, well, you know, over the last 20 years, I've done 30, 40 million. Why mm-hmm. am I getting less than a million? Well, it's because the business is not self-sustainable. As soon as the owner leaves, because it's an owner-centric business, the value walks out the door with him or her. Mm. So what you have to do is you have to prepare the business so that you qualify for what's known as an EBITDA valuation. Okay, EBITDA is more of a you know formal CPA type term, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. But if we take that same business, so I, I do a lot of work with technical and engineering companies. If we um, if we use that same number, two million dollars of revenue, fifteen percent margin, but we'd qualified for an EBITDA valuation, the multiple. In fact, I'll, I'll give you some good news. I've, I've given you a lot of bad news in the past. <laughs> I'm going to give you some good news. Last year, the average for engineering companies was eight point two two. So if you if you qualified for an EBITDA evaluation, your three hundred thousand dollars of um, uh, a profit would give you a business valuation of about $2.4 million, which is much, much better than the nine hundred k you would have got as an SDE valuation. Interesting. The good news is I just got the latest figures two days ago for the, for the EBITDA multipliers from Q1 of 2022. That same engineering company, on average, is now being valued at 12.7. So that's 50% more. So instead of being nine hundred k, it's now $3.5 million. For wow. the same business with the same revenue, with the same profit, but it's just it's structured, it's systematized because when the business is sold and the business owner says, give me my money, I'm heading off to the Bahamas or the <laughs> golf course or wherever, the business will continue to create wealth. It will continue to create value because the owner has built it outside of him, not around him. And that's the critical thing. The acid test of whether you have a business which qualifies for SDE or EBITDA is could you take three months away from your business on a beach on a tropical island with no phone, no email, no nothing. And when you go home in three months time, the business is doing as well or better than when you left it. How many business owners can put their hand up and say, yes, that's me. That's really interesting. So 
one of our installing companies that's almost like an engineering company say that they were they were exploring their option and they wanted to they wanted to kind of gauge where they would be at if they decided to you know put their business up for sale who tells them whether they're you know the first category the SDE versus the EBITDA um, the, 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 the main criteria to, to be classified as EBITDA is what we call professional management. And so under professional management, what we would want to see is a systematized sales and marketing process. That was where the predictable growth engine comes in. Then we would want to see standardized business operating systems. So, you know, if you have a standardized system, it means it's repeatable. And if remember, we said once you've got a predictable growth engine, and you standardize your business operating systems, you will be considered scalable. That's the first prerequisite for consideration for an EBITDA valuation. Then as we go forward, um, we would look at your customer base. What are you doing to maximize your customer experience and ideally locking your customers in for long-term relationships. And we said in, 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 this, in this industry, they're on retainer, it's a recurring revenue, yes. which is great, but you need to make sure that you keep them on those long-term revenue deals, okay? Um, and the other thing is, so and, and that is obviously through a high degree of customer satisfaction. So the more happy your customers are, the more likely they are to stay with you. Um, other things that you need is you need to maximize your profit. The example we gave was based on 15% profit, the sweet spot um, for a, an EBITDA valuation is 20% or better. Um, and one of the techniques we use is if we work with a client, we say, okay, we're going to take you through the pay-up process. And, oh, what's the pay-up process? Well, we want you to double your salary tomorrow. Mm. I said, well, where am I going to do that? I have no idea. But we want you, whatever your salary is today, we want you to double it. So we'll look through the business. What's your non-conformance? How much waste have you got? Where are you losing money? Where are you not optimizing your profit? And when, the, when you put that in front of us, say, hey, we'll, we'll take you from you know, 100,000 to 200,000, we've got to find $100,000 in your business just to give to you because we want you to feel good about it because the next step, you're going to have to make some big boy decisions or, or big girl decisions because you know, we're, going to, we're going to be playing in the big league because ultimately we want to increase the value of your business by over 1,000%. So you're going to have to make some big decisions. So we want you to feel confident, we want you to feel genuine, and we want you to feel congruent as an effective and successful entrepreneur. And by doubling your salary is a big step in that direction. So how many years of year-over-year profitability is ideal for somebody that is looking to exit at their highest valuation? You know, taking into consideration that they may work with a business consultant to, you know, to help them to create this roadmap for them. How many years in advance do you think that the average business owner needs to get started in this process for the maximum payout? Depending on how sophisticated and mature their existing systems are, we would recommend from initial, initial concept that you want, to, you want to plan for a high value exit to actually completing the sale, you should plan for three years. That gives you, that gives you two full years worth of, of financial accounts where you can show your, um, you can show your sales and, you, and as, as well, you can show the year-on-year -year growth in sales because a growing business is much more attractive to a broker or a buyer. Um, and also, once you've done the pay-up option, 
The next two steps in the journey to a high value exit are to implement an advisory board. Um, and the reason is, as I said, you're going to be you're going to be taking some big decisions. And, you know, there's the old adage, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with friends. You need people to help you to be that sounding board as you make these big decisions, because step six in this process is M&A growth. And when you start talking about mergers and acquisitions, now you're making some big decisions. But the, prep the preparation for that is what we call the E to P exercise. And this is a, this astounds people when you when you go through this approach. So is that something your listeners would be interested in? I, I do believe they would. OK, so E to P is turning expense into profit. And the way the process works is you, you just look at your look at your business books and you say, what are the what are the top seven expense lines I have in my business now? So, for example, it could be um, it could be uh, advertising. So, if you're spending a lot of money on advertising, is it possible that you could buy the ad agency that you use and turn that into a profit center? If you're spending a lot on payroll, okay, is it possible that you could set up your own payroll service that would run for you and then offer that as a service to mm. other people in the same industry? So instead of having these as expense lines, all of a sudden these become profit centers and they all roll up to the value of your business. Okay. The other thing where you've, you've heard of the, have you heard of Michael Gerber who wrote the e-myth? No, I have not. Well, he wrote a book, oh, it must be 20 odd years ago now, called The E-Myth. And it was how to systematize your business. And there are three, there are three, there are three levels of maturity in, in owning a business. The first level is when you first start, you are working in the business. You're the person doing the job. You're in the truck driving around. You're, you're trying to make the sales. You're, you know, you're, you're doing your accounts at the end of the month, typically late at night because you've been running around um, because you haven't got your, you know, your infrastructure in place. Then as you get a bit more mature and you start to systematize and you bring in, you, you outsource things, you get people to help you, you bring on staff, you then start working on your business. And so the E-Myth by Michael Gerber is all about how to work on your business. And this is where you, you are implementing those business operating systems. What we teach is that you actually need to be working over your business because you can't be just focusing on your business itself you need to be focusing on the business as a, as a combination of multiple different profit and cost centers. And so the more you can get rid of your cost centers and create new profit centers, the more value you have in your business. And then the more value you can present to the, um, to the uh, uh, buyer when you go for your exit. And, I, and I'll give you an example. I told you that an engineering in 2021, an engineering company would have an average valuation of 8.22. Let's say that engineering company had built a software product to help them manage their system or their process. Um, and let's say that that software product could help other engineering companies manage systems and processes. If they spun that off as a separate business, so just as a SaaS product, for example, what would you guess would be the multiplier in today's marketplace for a SaaS product? I should know the answer to that. Now, this is where it gets very, really exciting. So if you've got a SaaS product, you know, you really start, want to start rubbing your hands. Last year, the multiplier on a SaaS product was about 33, 33 times. Okay. So your engineering company with all its uh, labor and equipment and drawing boards and computers would get an 8.2 multiplier. 
a SAS product would get a 30, 31, 32 multiplier. But even better than that, your engineering company is running at 15% margin. Typical SAS products are running at 80 plus. So let's say you had a million dollar, a million dollars of, of annual recurring revenue for your SaaS product at 80% margin at 30 times multiplier, that's 24 million wow. compared to your engineering company that was previously assessed at 2.4 million. So you can see how thinking over the business and looking at your business as conjoined profit and cost centers, and you want to maximize one and minimize the other is one of those strategic elements for the high value exit. Really interesting. So the systemize, systemizing your business, if we expound on that concept for a moment, the over your business, instead of working in your business, a buyer, somebody looking to acquire your business, if your sales process, if your marketing process, if your installation process is just that me, Victoria, is creating the marketing emails or knocking on doors myself or going and doing the installations myself without a, a, a truly repeatable formalized process, um, that will bring down the valuation of your business because as soon as you step out of that business, um, they don't have anything except for the customers left. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Yeah, your, your, your business value tends to zero when the, when the, when the, oh, the business-centric owner, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. The owner who has built the business around themselves, when they step out, the business value goes to zero. And as you say, the only thing you've got left is possibly a customer base. Now, let's just continue that thought, though, and let's think about the business owner who is, working to achieve this level where they're working over the business. Uh -huh. So the goal of working over your business is actually to fire yourself. You need to get yourself in a position where you, you fire yourself. You're not even, you're not even working at the C level. You've now got professional managers in, you've got somebody who's running the business for you. You're now at that board of director level. Okay. But think about merger and acquisitions. We said one way is you can look at the business and say, can I turn my, can I turn my profit or my cost center into a profit center? Or can I split the business off? So I'll take out my SaaS product and sell that as a separate high value, high multiplier entity. Let's not, let's not even be that sophisticated. Let's say I've gone through all the, the, the pain and effort to turn my business into a, an 8x multiplier business because I've systematized, I've optimized. In fact, let's be generous. Let's say you're, you're 10x. So your original 300K of, of EBIT is now going to get your business valuation of 3 million. Okay. Uh -huh. Are there other businesses in your niche who haven't gone through that optimization process? Of course there are. There are hundreds of them. Right. What can you buy them for? Well, they're not going to be worth 10x. If anything, they're worth 3x at a push. So you buy them. And what you're doing is you're buying their, you buy their, um, client base because they're you know that their business processes are worthless they don't have any their systems are worthless they don't have any but what they do is they have a group of clients in your niche who you can leverage to bring into your business to improve your revenue performance improve your profitability remember in the first episode we talked about improving the average customer value a business that's not systematized is working owner centric probably hasn't gone through average customer value, uh, sorry, average customer valuation exercises 
So you can then bring in these clients who are at the lowest level of value and upsell them and cross-sell them and everything else to make them high-value clients, which gives you higher value in your business. So you buy at a low multiplier to add revenue to a high multiplier business. And that's one of the, that's one of the ways you drive up your exit value. I think that that exact scenario, David, would be indicative of a lot of the acquisition climate within the security alarm industry, especially from a dealer-centric perspective. Um, there are our, our industry um, is very heavy with owner operator, owner working, um, alarm dealer and installation um, businesses, and also some of the some of the smaller to mid-sized monitoring stations. Um, we are seeing a lot of acquisition within our industry right now. And I do, you know, I do think that a lot of it has to do with or a lot of it is those um, smaller businesses that were, you know, independently owned and operated by an owner uh, looking to finally exit out or were approached because they're not growing. They're more sitting in that legacy stage. And then some of these bigger um, or more savvy entities are looking to acquire to build that, you know, that um, valuation. Um, so I, I do think that there is a lot of just passing of the actual client base that's happening within, uh, you know, within our industry at the current time. Um, so this information is going to be extremely valuable to those folks that are sitting, you know, at that stage in their life where they're thinking, you know, it's time for me to, you know, seriously think about, have a conversation, you know, with my partner, um, think about what our next phase in our life looks like external to this business. Um, and then how they can, you know, how they can start to work smarter versus harder or to, you know, to work smarter, to not just give up you know, their whole entire life's worth of work um, for the lowest price because they didn't do the things that they needed to do to prepare to get them that higher valuation at the exit. Yeah. I mean, it's not over the lowest price. It's typically zero value. Oh, right. If anything, if they got anything, it will be a fireside sale on any assets. So if they paid for some systems that are sat in the back of a workshop somewhere, maybe they're trading value on some vehicles. The, the, the grim reality is unless you actively manage to sell your business, you're walking away with nothing. Now, having said that, for the savvy business owner that says, hey, let, let me just give you another, another milestone. The sweet spot for a PE buyout, uh, a private equity firm or a family office, is greater than 10 million of annual recurring revenue, better than 20% EBIT. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you set that as your goal and then use your M&A strategy to build up to that, then when you hit that goal, then you will be in um, you will be in a sweet place for presenting yourself to the marketplace to the people. So it, it, it's one of those crazy things in the business uh, business acquisitions and mergers. The more expensive the business, the more people want to buy it. Mm hmm. Now, just on a psychology thing, how can you be so cruel? That poor person's worked for years in that business and that's all they have and you want to take this way. You're not. You're actually doing them a favor. Even if you just paid them 50% of the SDE valuation because they've got nothing, they've got no chance of selling it, they're still going to get more money than they have by locking the door and walking away in tears. Right. 
So from a, from an emotional perspective, you are not the big bad, you know, corporation gobbling up all these small <laughs> independent operators. You're actually the fairy godmother that's helping them salvage something from the wreckage that's just about to hit them. Now, if you're going with that mindset, you're in a very positive place to help people get some value from their life work as, a, as, as opposed to the alternative, which is to lock the door and walk away with nothing. Right. So how do, how do these folks get started? How, how, how does a business owner get started? I know that um, you offer a consulting service, your company offers a consulting service. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some folks may want to check out the information, look at your website, um, have a further dialogue um, with your company, but just in general, um, what types of consultants provide this level of business consulting to help people with this specific aspect of their business, the, the preparation for the exit strategy? There's, there's a whole range. When there are business brokers, um, there are business coaches. Business coaches typically just focus on the business growth, and they stop at you know, that point where we, where we said we would declare scalability. And that's only getting you halfway there. So that's giving you a good, viable business, but it's not helping you on the exit journey. And then there's a group of uh, coaches slash investors that we, we typically call them the CFE community, um, which is consulting for equity. And what these people would do would be to work with a business owner and say, OK, yeah, we, we can see we can help you. We can get you to this stage. And if you want us to work with you for the next three years, um, you know, we would want you to pay us some money to, to keep us going on a month by month, but we will, we will base our value to you as a percentage of your final payout. So mm -hmm. the more money you make on the payout, the more value we brought. I mean, we always say, you know, as a minimum, I, any business I work with, I want to give them 10x value and 10x is the absolute baseline. I'd much rather give them far more than that. Um, but the CFE, the CFE type um, businesses um, or, or consultants are there specifically to help business owners maximize the value for exit and their reward comes when that owner gets, you know, when the owner gets the payout. And that agreement is typically, um, is typically expressed and determined and they know what they're signing up for when they bring on one of those CFE consultants, David. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you agree an operating agreement and you, you can say, um, you know, but my business is valued at this much, so my profitability is here. Um, for every, uh, you know, we'll work together for such and such. You'll be on a monthly retainer of this, and when we come to exit at this point, uh, we will pay you a percentage of the increased value. So you're actually only paying if there's value increase. Okay. So let me ask you, you know, one final question. Um, say that I'm a listener and I'm not self-aware. Um, in regards to, I might think that I'm a savvy business operator and that we have, you know, we have employees and I have mid-level managers and I have a service manager and I have a sales manager. Um, so in my mind, I think that I'm being professionally managed. Is there any aspect of this process where somebody that's not self-aware of what category that they would fall into that they can just get you know, like a consultation to just let them know what their current state and what their current situation is before they even get into the planning phases. Sure. I've got a, I've got a very simple um, self questionnaire that people can fill in. Um, I've not actually put it on my website. I'm actually rebuilding my website as we speak. So uh, if they just email me, 
and uh, and it will show them where they are in their business. And I'll be more than happy to have a quick chat with them just to say, okay, this is where you're at. This is what I like to do is to give people a vision of what the potential is. So I will give them a free valuation um, when they fill in the questionnaire, and then it can give them the ability to make some you know some sensible decisions about their future. Wonderful. That's I I, I do think that. That oftentimes, as a business owner, you're so you're so in it in, in the moment that it's difficult for you to take a step back and do you know a constructive analysis of really and truly you know what your role is and and how it is actually operating when we're looking at that big picture for that that three years down the line that five years down the line. So that would be a tremendous help. I know that there's a lot of folks that are looking at a five year exit or looking at a you know a, a seven year exit. And this would be a really great starting point for them to know how they can start to build their one, two, three-year plans moving forward. So thank you so much. We'll make sure that we notate that. They could send you an email and you'll get them that questionnaire and they could get an analysis or a, a picture of where they are currently today. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, David. Thank you so much. You can reach David at david at steampoweredmarketing.com. And we'll also put that on our blog, uh, microkey.com. Well, thank you so much, David. This has been a truly enlightening two series podcast. I think that I could sit here and talk to you probably for eight hours and just trying to get some more of these nuggets and just business direction and sense. I've taken a lot of notes myself personally, and I'm definitely going to check out the website and check out the questionnaire. Truly do appreciate you being a guest today. Really, truly wonderful information for our listeners. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And as I say, the, uh, the, what I'm trying to do is help as many businesses as I can avoid this, this $10 trillion train wreck. I mean, what is, what is going to happen to the wealth of the business owning community in the next decade is nothing short of tragic. It's disastrous. So any business owner I can help to salvage something, not even salvage, but, but you know, benefit and really get paid for the work they've put in, that's what's driving me now. So as, the more businesses I can help to, to get money out of the value they've, they've put in, that's, that's what drives me. Wonderful. So David, did you want to say a little bit about the offer? Sure. So what I've done is I've structured everything into an eight-week coaching program. By the end of that coaching period, they have everything they need to take their business to scalability. If I remember correctly, the price for your eight-week program was $10,000, and I am pleased to tell everyone, all of our listeners, that Victoria, thank you so much, decided to sponsor $5,000 of that $10,000 fee. We are very committed to helping our clients of MicroKey. We will sponsor 50% of this eight-week coaching course. So please reach out to David at steampoweredmarketing.com. That's David at steampoweredmarketing.com. Plus, we will post this on our blog on the microkey.com website under the company menu. Look for blog. Also take a moment to check out David's handlebar mustache. (laughs) It's awesome. Thanks again, David. Thank you, Victoria. Well, uh uh-oh. Guess what time it is. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I know. Time for alarming humor. They're alarming because they're so corny. And also see it with me, Victoria, because they're usually usually about alarms. alarms. That's right. 
You know, Victoria, I used to be a very, very good door-to-door -door alarm system salesperson. Top of my company everywhere I worked. You know why? I do not. If they weren't home, I just left my brochure on their kitchen table. <laughs> good thing we don't promise our jokes are funny. We do promise that they're family friendly. So share this alarming humor with all your friends and family throughout the week and spread the laughter or the groans. You'll have to tune in next podcast for our next edition of Alarming Humor, Humor optional. We're so glad you could join us for our podcast today with David. Again, we had so much fun. We are going to forego our other segments today. So thank you everyone for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful day. Take care, everybody. 